Hello and welcome to Never Seen the OC. We are on episode 8, The Rescue. Just as a little note at the top of this episode, there are some issues in this episode regarding mental health and regarding suicide. If you feel that it is triggering for you, um, I would maybe skip on to the next episode. But yes, just look after yourself. And if it's too much, just stop and go and listen to something else. Hi! Oh, sorry. I was still singing, sorry. My name's Kerry. My name is Heather. I have seen Nosy. She's never seen Nosy. That's where we got our name from. Yeah, huh? You're listening to a podcast about the OC. <laughs> I told someone about our podcast and they were like, oh, so is it just one episode long if you've never seen it? And I was like, no, because I'm watching it now. Like, think about it. Were you podcast like? Podcast series. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, it was peak. <laughs> Mm, maybe they're listening now and they'll hear us slagging them off dude i hope they do and then maybe they'll come take a bite of our muffin <gasps> yeah that sounded weirdly sexual <laughs> it really did please i really don't want them to take a bite of my muffin oh no same okay Ugh. preamble recap uh oh yes sorry recap it's a really brief recap is marissa dead i mean she's obviously not it's only episode eight and uh, there's 19 more episodes in season one so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say she's not dead it's a nice setup that she could be, though. Imagine mm. a more gullible person would maybe think that she is. Well, like you're saying, it's episode seven. She, she's not. If we'd left this as a cliffhanger at the end of a season, oh yeah, then she might be, but not, not, not in episode seven. No, Josh Schwartz has no time for your speculation. No. Um, but yeah, when it's the setup when they're in the kitchen. Yes, the preamble. So Ryan and Seth are in the kitchen with Kirsten and Sandy. Man, this is tense. Sandy looks absolutely raging in this. And I know that I go on about this all the time. And this is going to be an episode where I go on about this even more. But he looks hot when he is angry. Yeah, he really does. Now, that saying that makes me feel slightly uncomfortable because I don't think anyone should be attractive while they're being angry. I think that's a very slippery slope to a really bad place. But man, he looks hot. He does. He does. But yeah, they definitely, there's the implication that she could be dead. Mm-hmm. Everyone's very tense. Everyone's yeah. very unsure of what's going on. And then, um, now I've said, when was the last time you had a freaky phone ring? So why was the phone ring thing so freaky? Were they just talking about, oh, maybe the phone will ring. Maybe someone will call and tell us and then the phone rings or something like that. I don't know. It was you that got the ghost phone, babe, not me. Oh, yeah, of course. I was going to say, I can't think the last time that I had a freaky phone ring, but yeah, it would have been ghost phone. Yeah. I also never, never have my phone on loud, so it just vibrates. So, like, it's never going to oh. give you the same kind of fright that a phone ring would. This is why you get so irrationally angry at me when my phone goes... Ding, ding, oh, my God, it's really so loud. annoying. Mm. Just switch your phone and vibrate. I've also still got keyboard sounds on. What? Are you kidding me? No... And I'm happy about Kitty, that. why are we even pals, mate? So satisfying, especially no. the new iPhone 11 keyboard sounds. No. No. I can't. Love it. No. No. I thought that was quite a good keyboard sound noise. Did you like that? 
keyboard sound, small fish, either, either or, either <laughs> or. But it turns out she's not dead. Surprise, surprise. She's in hospital. She was airlifted out. That's when you know you've got the top dollar. What medical insurance do they have? The good one, clearly. Well, exactly. They can afford it, so why not? But the I... thing is, they can't afford it. Like, what premium does Jimmy have? Like, he can't True. keep... I'm, I have questions. Continuity call me I've got unless questions. it's like the end of the month or the like he's he already paid at the start of the month and it's just the end of the month maybe now um where the hell is julie like in this scene it's just jimmy and marissa that are in the hospital I don't know, maybe she's where is julie talking to a doctor gone for a pee gone to get a coffee oh wait hang on i've written where the f is julie and then i've written oh there she is oh so when she comes in and she's like what are you ah, that's right okay so she comes in and she's like what are you doing here to the yeah. coins in my mind, legitimate question. Yeah. Why are they there? Like, it's the hospital, it's family, it's no visitors. And again, you would call ahead and be like, look, the boys were with her when it happened. They'd really like to come and see her and make sure she's okay. Is that okay? You wouldn't just turn up. Well, Jimmy phoned them and told them to come. Why did he do that? Oh, yeah, because he fancies Kirsten. Any it was so utterly bizarre. If I was her, I really honestly think in this moment she was legitimate at, at being annoyed about this. Yeah. Agreed. But also, I don't like the fact she's trying to make out that it's Ryan's fault. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, he didn't make her take the Vicodin. Yes. And Julie does claim, like, she, and she says, like, you nearly killed my daughter. Your like, as daughter, if he murdered her. Yeah, your daughter almost killed herself. Yeah. Don't be blaming suicide attempts on other people. No. Like, that's not okay. So Julie threatens him. Yeah, it's all very Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? Why does he not tell Sandy about this immediately? Like, if I was a teenager and someone's parent had just implied that I had murdered their child or tried to murder their child, I would be talking to my parent about this. But that's the thing, he's not his parent. And let's face it, Ryan's not much of a talker, is he? But even more so the fact that he's not his parent. He's his lawyer. Oh, yeah, true. So he should be like, here, Sandy, she's just said this to me. Is this okay? Is this not okay? She just threatened me. I think maybe we need to... Have a word. Yeah, just watch watch our backs. But then I suppose like that age of teenager-ness, you kind of think you've got it sorted, don't you? You think you've got it going on yourself. You don't need help. Or that telling someone is not actually going to do anything anyway because you believe that you have the world on your shoulders and you have to be responsible for absolutely everything like you don't have this perception of if I tell someone like a burden shared is a burden half sort of thing yeah and he's not from a family that have supported that through his life so it's probably a very new thing to him that you know Kirsten and Sandy that's their job to help him true anyway cut to school posh school very posh school mm-hmm. like like unbelievably posh school yeah i also don't know how doesn't kirsten doesn't hear them talking at this point like they're talking about what happened and kirsten's standing literally about two steps away from them but she doesn't say anything Meh. i thought that was a bit odd anyway fancy school then we cut to this is all about back and forward here this is one of those scenes where it's like one minute we're at school next minute we're in the office one minute we're at school next mm-hmm. minute we're in the office but it's cute because it's like new school posh school sandy's got a new job, new job posh, posh job. job yeah and then they're both playing basketball yes i like that like when he was having his photo taken with rachel who by the way looks really really like kirsten yeah right i'm glad that you saw that as well 
and about yeah the basketball hoop like yeah. when Seth's like oh we've got swimming pool and tennis courts and he was like oh well we had a basketball hoop and then she's like oh we've got a gym and he's like oh well we had a basketball hoop yeah. like I thought that was a cute little reminder of how similar actually Ryan and Sandy are yeah nice mirroring I agree mm-hmm. um Kirsten is full team Ryan now Mm-hmm. She like, is on she's it. She's positive. She's excited for his future. She's chatting about Ivy League schools. Like, I right. So I had a problem with this. Uh huh. So they're going to put him in this private school, right? Which is fine. And after all of his background and his life, right? So he's what sixteen. So sixteen years of his life. It only takes two years at this fancy school to erase all that, and then make him prep for. Ivy League that doesn't seem believable and if that is believable the system in America is so much more broken than I had thought it was yeah this is not this is your time to shine like this is not my area of expertise (laughs) (laughs) I'm like yeah sure that's doable (laughs) it's absolutely not doable like it's so strange and they keep talking about how clever he is don't they and that he's got good grades and that you know yeah he's got good test scores he did a good personal statement and he's got average grades okay so the the continuous grading is average but when he takes tests he's very good at them okay um were you good at school did you get good Mm, results yes but no (laughs) i was but i was lazy oh okay so i could have been i could have been the best but got all right grades like, I'm saying all right grades, and then, like, it's totally that thing where, like, you tell someone what you got, and they go, eh. You got really good grades. What the hell? But I know that I could have done better. Oh, okay. Same at university as well, but I'm lazy. Oh, okay. I did quite well at school and at uni. But then I'm one of those annoying people that I don't have to study very hard. Mm, me too. Yeah. Naturally me too. gifted. At least that's <laughs> what I like to say. Naturally, Naturally gifted. gifted. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely feeling that going away as I get older. Like, I'll read a book now and then someone will be like, oh, what happened? And I'll be like, mm, I can't really remember. Whereas, like, before I'd be like, be able to quote stuff. Like, that's the thing. Like, for this TV show, I have to write down all the quotes because I don't remember. Mm. Whereas, like, five years ago, I would definitely have been able to be like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. Why, that's very interesting. Why do you think that is? I, probably because I just don't do it that often. Like my job is very in the moment and then things pass really quickly. So I don't need to remember what specifics we were talking about a week ago because that's passed. It was so interesting earlier on because we were speaking before about like when we were meeting to do this today and we were talking about time, like what time will we come over and do oh, yeah. And it's so interesting, the little intricacies of people's jobs because like I was like, right, so I'll get there at this time. And I'll be ready to start as soon as I walk in the door. Yeah. Whereas you're always like, oh, we'll have a wee chat and we'll have a wee cup of tea. And I'm like, that must be like a media thing where yeah. like you don't just jump straight in. Whereas it, You have to warm them up. Uh, whereas with education, you just literally like, you've got to teach us class at 10 o'clock, right? 10 o'clock, boom, let's go. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. I like a cup of tea. I like a little chin wag. Oh, see, I and then just we can get leisurely start. I don't know if other people would agree with me who work in the same field as me, but this thing of like, I don't know, I don't want to sound like called like bleeding heart and crying about it, but like, if you've got a minute to have a cup of tea, you've got a minute to be doing something else that you need to be doing that you can't do in the time that you're given, sort of thing. Yeah, like that's the kind of stage. That's the stage we're at with our education system these days, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. but just quite sad now that I say it out loud. That's a Kind of searing indictment of the situation. 
anyway, not we to live very about different it. lives. I think is the we we touch on yes. this every week. Our jobs we lead us very different routes. We do. I like cup of tea. You do marking. Yay! Anyway, right. So, cut to Sandy's office. Nice office. All the files come in. Put them to work straight away. Yes, Botox, yachts, <laughs> noise complaints, all the stuff that you think he should be doing. It's not that I think he should be doing. Ugh, we've talked. We talked about this in the last episode. I just think there's bigger opportunities here for him to get his name in lights, become a big famous lawyer. Mm. Anyway. Know? Back to school, Dr. Kim's playing hardball. He's got to pass a test to get in, doesn't he? Yes. She says a really, she uses a really weird phrase when she's discussing like how suitable he is for the school or isn't for the school. She says, oh, he's not been bred for this. And I was like, like, are you serious? What an attitude to have, the horrible. Anyway, he says, I can't change where I'm from, but I can change where I'm going. Deep. Mm. Hashtag deep. Yeah, so deep. Did you have like a private school that was like the rival to your non-private school? Because we did. No. Oh, okay. We did. Uh, because I'm from Denny. <laughs> okay. I forget you're from the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, in Glasgow, um, we had the private school, which was round the corner from us. And there was a boy at that school who was exactly like he was bred to go to private school. He was so posh. And he was thick as... Lentil soup. Mm. He was, he was oh, not, I could go some lentil soup. Oh, I could get some for lunch. Mm. Anyway, he was not the smartest tool in the box by any means. And I just really distinctly remember him going on about how his parents had gotten like loads of tutors and stuff. And he was still just getting like C's and B's. And I was just like, mate, I'm doing better than you. I go to a really rough school. Like, what is going on? Just apply yourself. So yeah, I'm a firm believer that you cannot be bread for edu- I'm also not a firm fan of private education. Same. Unsurprisingly to anyone. <laughs> um so he's got an exam to set. That's yeah. how they're gonna determine whether he is bred for the harbour school or not. Then we cut to Summer. Yeah. Who is wearing a lovely uh, pink. Very, very, very bright pink. I didn't notice this. Uh which is not really a cut we see her in like baby pink sometimes in pastels and stuff, but she was wearing like a hot pink top, Oof. which was very striking. My least favourite of the colours. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, back at school, she's not talking to Seth because that's the rules. Back yes. At school. But then they do have a little kind of heart to heart because like nothing brings people together like shared trauma. True. So this was like actually quite like a, a human moment between them, I thought. Like it was quite nice and she wasn't being kind of bitchy. She was just being... Like, oh man, it's so weird to be here when no one knows what's going on. Yeah. And I thought that was quite sweet. And then the cheerleaders came along and ruined it. Yeah. Cheerleaders, eh? They are the worst. Yes. Anyway, Julie and Jimmy are arguing next to Marissa's bedside, which is probably not what you want to do when your daughter's just tried to kill herself. Yeah. And maybe just take that out to the hall. Mm-hmm. But she wakes up. And Julie is quite clearly blaming Jimmy for this situation. Which again, like, she's blamed Ryan. She's blamed Jimmy. Like, she needs... She just... Someone needs to sit her down and be like, that's not how it works. Like, you can't just blame other people for this situation. But I think that's how her world does work. Like, she just gets to not take responsibility for anything. Yeah. I can see her point about the Coens, as we've already discussed. But her, yeah, her trying to pass the buck was absolute BS. 
Julie very clearly comes out asking for sole custody. I've written down saying you should have cleared up. You're a wreck. Does she say that to Jimmy? She does call him a wreck, yeah. Oh, that's quite mean. She kind of slags off like the way, the, like his appearance and stuff. Oh. Um, his daughter's just tried to kill herself. Like I'm sure he has other things on his yeah. mind than getting a bloody fade cut in. Well, I'm not really sure that's exactly what she meant, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Marissa's up. She's got her phone. Who's she calling? Dun, dun, dun. Who are you going to call? Ryan Atwood. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Um, he's trying to study. Leave him alone. Switch your phone off. This really annoyed me. Like the level of <laughs> unprofessionalism. <laughs> Not unprofessionalism, but you know what I mean? Like the level of disrespect that these three rich kids had for the fact that this boy was trying to study for an exam to get himself into a good school. Trying to better his life. And they had no, they they did not care and they're supposed to be his friends. Like we'll go on to this later on, but I was really annoyed at at Summer and Seth in this episode and Marissa. Agreed. Um, So back at hospital, just a side note. Marissa's hair looks great. Like, it's the best it's looked all series. And she's just woken up in hospital having been airlifted out of Mexico. Like, what's going on? But this is where she says the immortal words, I didn't want to kill myself. I just wanted to escape. Mm-hmm. So are we supposed to take that as, as she, it was a cry for help? Is that what we're supposed to read that as? I am not sure. So... Obviously, mental health in media has changed a lot Mm -hmm. over the last decade. Mm -hmm. And I feel this is not early on because other TV shows do talk about it and do reference it. But this is a very one perspective of how one person sees suicide being. Mm -hmm. And my personal thoughts on it are is that the writer, whether it's Josh, whether it's his team, whoever, have put marissa in this pigeonhole of she is a teenage girl and she's attention seeking and her mental health isn't a thing she's doing it just because she wants attention yes and that's what i feel the undertone of the last episode in this episode is Mm -hmm. is that her mental health isn't a serious issue it is just a cry for help Mm -hmm. and it's that word just isn't it it's just a cry for help and i don't it doesn't sit well with me no, it's not handled particularly sensitively, I don't think. There's, um, um, there's an, I've been, <laughs> so to try and pace myself with watching the OC so I don't just binge it all, I watch House, that's what I kind of cut between is the OC and House. And there's an episode in House in, I think it's season three or season four, um, where one of the doctors, I won't tell you, so, so it's not a spoiler if you're watching it, you've never seen it before, but one of the doctors takes their own life and it is so well done. It's so true to life, I guess. It's really abrupt. There's no warning. Everybody is left with questions being like, but none of us saw any signs. None of us mm-hmm. knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave a note. Like, it's so raw and it's so honest. And you can tell whoever has written that has had that experience close to them and yeah. understands the nuances. Whereas I feel comparatively, the writers of this are just writing it based on what they've experienced in the media or Mm -hmm. what they've experienced reading an article one time. Or as a plot point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. We should maybe take this opportunity to say that you are loved and you do matter and there is always someone to talk to, no matter what. Very much so. 
Very no matter so. what. So yeah, Julie is not listening, is she? She's not listening no. to what her daughter is saying in the slightest. A recurring theme with our Julie. Yes. And then when she's chatting to Ryan, Ryan's like, I'm not afraid of your mum. <laughs> I am. I know. <laughs> I, I for know. one am. I could, I've also written here, I don't know why or what about, but I've written Marissa is such a crap actress in real life and in fictional life. Oh yeah, of course, because it's when she's pretending that she doesn't know, like when she's like, oh yeah, everything will be fine, like, oh that's no problem, if it's for the best, Yeah, I was like, oh, you're rubbish in both of the lives. You're bad at acting when you're acting. Yeah. Surely that should be your time to shine, babe. Exactly. Anyway. So Kirsten and Sandy are in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. Seth is covering for Ryan, because Ryan's obviously away to the hospital, Mm -hmm. pulling out the big guns. He's naked, don't go in there. Yep. Because nothing scares a parent more than nudity. And then quoting the Bible, a house divided cannot stand. Like, the throwing the Bible at her. Ding dong, who's at the door? Oh, who else is it going to be? It's obviously Jimmy Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's the only person that ever comes to that door is Jimmy or Marissa. Yep. They chat S- about the kiss. Yeah. Why are they talking about this in her house? It is so weird. And we know how they all love an eavesdrop as well. I know. And she's so casually okay talking about it. Like her son is in the kitchen. Yeah, I just get the feeling she's like sound about it. Like my understanding is she's just like, you know what, people make mistakes. You're going through a tough time. Like it's fine. There was no, from her perspective, there was no feelings behind Mm, it. Yeah, maybe. She's just like, it's fine. You've made a mistake. You landed on my face. Mm. And let's just move on was my thoughts Mm. from it possible anyway he's over because he wants something again he wants kirsten to solve his problems and this time it's free legal advice he's looking for from sandy sandy's not there sandy's at the office doing his job where people pay him mm-hmm. then we go back to this is another back and forward back and forward i feel like this is the kind of rhythm of the episodes we go back forward back forward back forward we get to the main event and then it's yeah, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing from there. So we're back in the hospital. And this is where we find out that Julie wants to institutionalise Marissa. Seems a, oh, I don't want to say it seems a bit drastic. It does seem a bit drastic. It's not 1832. No. And it's just like... But then, uh, do you know, like, I'm not a parent. Neither of us are parents. Unless you include my cat. Which is kind of like being a parent. But <laughs> if... Okay. Yeah. It's my child. My, my fur child. Anyway... I can't imagine how horrific that situation would be IRL to have a child want to escape or want to, or contemplate, let alone try and go through with suicide. So a knee-jerk panic reaction like that doesn't actually surprise me because you would just be like, I don't know what the F to do. What do I do? And then she's clearly Googled well, was Google around then? She searched and found this Yahoo. place. <laughs> she yahooed it. Uh, Bing? What was that? Ask name? Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. She looked on Ask Jeeves. And this place has come up which has said, we can help you. So I, I'm not... That reaction doesn't surprise me, to be honest. It's a bit drastic. It's a bit much. But I'm not surprised. I am surprised by this. Because I think that she is so concerned, Julia is so concerned about how they appear and how they come across and their reputation and yeah, da 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 da, that having Marissa in an institution, I think, is 
would be, in Julie's mind, quite damaging to their reputation and to Marissa's reputation, that I think that it's a weird leap. Like, I think it's almost like a sort of plot device. She's a villain. She wants to lock her away. I think it's quite sloppy writing. Yeah, it's quite lazy. It does feel Um, lazy. But I also get the feeling like, because they refer to the fact that this doctor is like the best. And it's almost like, look how good a mother I am. I'm spending the most money to get the best doctor for my daughter. mm. So reputationally, she still comes out as the good guy. No, I don't know. I don't know. She puts the sunflower in the bin, the sunflower that Ryan gave to Marissa. She puts it in the bin. Meanie. To symbolise all the light going out of Marissa's life. <laughs> she has been cast into darkness. Anyway, Seth's bedroom. Knock, knock, knock. I really honestly thought this was Anna coming back. And Did I was you? so happy. I was Aww. like, this is when Anna comes back. And then it was like, no, okay, it's summer. It's just summer. What are you doing here? She has a good look around. I quite appreciate this. Like she has a proper nose around. And I think that like this would be me. Yeah. Because I really feel like someone's space is so indicative of who they are as a person. Like I fully, fully, fully believe that. Yeah. Mr. Oates, the mm-hmm. horse. Captain Oates. Captain Oates, that's sorry. I China's thought. gone, but there's a new horse in there's town. There's a new horse. Good. I actually, so I started drawing a picture of a horse yesterday to try and put in a frame for you coming over <laughs> um, to record. And then I realised I can't draw. So if anybody wants to draw us a picture of a horse, a horse. and send it to us, I really would appreciate that. Mm. So yeah, did you notice that Summer was wearing a choker here as well? No, I didn't. Ryan's fashion influence has taken Newport by storm. It's like chlamydia; it's bloody going around. Mm. Um, They're taking on Julie Cooper, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, right. And then she says, she says to him, "Oh, we need Ryan," and he's like, "Am I not radical enough?" And I was thinking, do you know what? All the stupid ideas have been Seth's idea. Like, move to the model home, Seth's idea. Take the Range Rover at the party, Seth's idea. Like, all of the stupid... Donnie. All of the stupid things that have happened, all the radical things, have been Seth's idea. So I don't know where she's getting this idea that Seth's not badass enough. And also, as you said earlier, Ryan has a bloody exam, lads. Leave him alone. Leave Ryan alone. He's on a timeout. I was so annoyed with this. Anyway, then we go to Rachel and Sandy. And Rachel pulls out the, oh, your wife and I have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. So we can see where this is going, surely. Yeah. Surely. For sure. Yikes. Absolute yikes. I'm kind of making that, you know, the emoji with the teeth grimacing. That's one of my favourites. Um, do it for me. Nobody can say that apart from your partner. Yeah, I know. Do it for me. She also says, I put my ass on the line to get you this job. And I was like, hmm, where's the continuity here? Because two episodes ago, you were buying him surfboards because your company really, really, really wanted him to come and work for you. And next thing you're saying, I put my ass on the line to get you this job. So which one was it? And if it was that she really wanted him to go and work there, why? Mm, Well. Because she wants She wants him. Sandy's in trouble. She wants Sandy's D. She wants Sandy. (laughs) I don't know why that made me feel so awkward, but it's really made me feel a bit gross. She headhunted the boy. Yeah. She sent him a surfboard. Like, what's going on here? Get her told, Kerry. I'll hold your hoops, you jump in. Honestly. 
So let's just jump over to Ryan. He's doing his exam like he should be. Oh, wait, no, sorry. He's going to make the stupid move and walk out of the exam. What an idiot. Not his move, though. The stupid move was they burst into the exam and they're like, oh, my God. Like, like, Seth, Summer, this is too much. What the hell are you doing? We get that you're really rich and privileged and like even if you do make a mistake, you know, like like when Luke went to prison and got out straight away, that's never going to happen for Ryan. It's honestly so selfish. Like I can't even, it's so unbelievably selfish from these two. Mm-hmm. Like, and Dr. Kim is the only person that's like, Dr. Kim's like, if you walk out of this room, you're done. Yeah. Which I think is perfectly reasonable. Like she's trying to say to him, like, you need to stay here and finish this. Yeah. Also, that's so ballsy doing that to a teacher. Why would the teacher not just phone the parents immediately and be like, no? And I would if I was that teacher, I'd be like, Seth and Summer, they're in trouble too. Yeah. That would just never happen in real life. I mean, I think they probably will have been afterwards, but we don't really see any of that bit of it. It's so random. It is so, so, so weird. There's no repercussions yeah. to their actions. Really. Another thing that I don't get, the test's like, what, two hours long? They can't make a plan and arrange everything to be ready. For him coming out. For him coming out of the test and then they can go and do whatever it is that they need to do. Agreed. They need to interrupt that test right there and then because he is so important. That he's the only one that can save Marissa, like, they're the ones that come up with a plan. Eventually, they're the ones who end up coming up with a plan. What does he even do? Yep. Apart from hide in that bathroom. Ridiculous. <laughs> Let's not jump ahead. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so back at the hospital, Marissa's having the interview with the psychologist. Dr. Burke. Yes. Um, Anorexia in the ninth grade. Theft, smoking, drinking, blanked out. To be fair, it just sounds like normal teenagerism, mm. to be honest. Have you ever had so much to drink that you blacked out? Never. I don't actually think that I have. Oh no, I definitely have. I've had I've had so much to drink that when you go to sleep, you go to like a black sleep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like a like completely dead. black sleep. I'm really bad for I think I've forgotten and then I'll be like, oh God, like I don't remember getting home last night. And then somebody will be like, oh yeah, when we shared the Uber. And I'll be like, oh yeah, no, I do remember that. Like, and as soon as somebody mm-hmm. says it, I'm like, oh, no, I do remember that. Actually, now you're just saying that, I can think of a time where I was just like, Whoop. there was that one time when I went out and it was uh, it was end of term, which gets a bit wild. A bit leery. And I don't know, for some reason, I must have kept going to the cash machine outside. I must have had loads of 20s, right? And I, but I was paying for individual drinks, but instead of like paying for it and putting the money back in my purse, I would pay for it with a 20 and then throw all the money into my bag and then go into my purse the next time and be like oh I don't have an hour 20 I need to go to the bank and get more money so I when I looked at my bank account I thought I'd spent like 200 pounds but then <laughs> but then when I like emptied my bag out there was like 150 pound and 10 pound notes just and like just lying change. in the bottom of my bag oh my God, I'm an idiot. Um, that was probably actually the best day of my life because I thought that was one of those ones where I thought oh my god what have I done yeah and then I was like oh actually I'm it's a legend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I think there's only been one time that I've blanked out like properly blanked out and I don't like I just don't remember a chunk mm. of time but that really scared me and now I don't do shots anymore 
So mm. shots are the devil's work, man. They are. Look at um, look at the gang doing tequila in Mexico. Exactly. For example. Leads to bad things. Anyway, Marissa is rightfully, I would say, suspicious of Dr. Burke. Yeah. Um, because she's not really had to explain to her why or what's going on or no. whether she should speak to her or not. But eventually, Dr. Burke kind of talks around and she says, oh, tell me about your relationship with your mum. And then Marissa's like, how much time do you have? Yeah. I also just feel like as therapists and psychologists go... Even for like that initial first conversation, you would not hit those big subjects mm. of Mm-mm. anorexia, theft, all that stuff so early on. Like that's not how it would go. But then I guess she's doing the assessment to see whether she needs to go into that institution. So she, assuming from the little I know about being institutionalised, you have to ascertain whether they're a danger to your, themselves or to yeah, others. I guess. So you have to figure out where that, where that kind of stands. So yeah. I guess you've got to ask, I don't know. Uh, anyway anyway it all seems very it just heavy feels, yeah it's i guess the word is like melodramatic mm. it's like that real mm-hmm. over exaggeration of reality mm-hmm. so the boys are waiting outside and then summer comes in in this candy striper outfit why is this <laughs> outfit so sexualized so I know it's a candy striper. I've written a candy stripper. Well, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. She does look like a stripper. I just don't understand why you would be going around reading books to old people in a hospital wearing that outfit. So candy stripers are a thing in American hospitals that like normally girls who are trying to get into Ivy League schools will go and volunteer in hospitals. Yeah, you guys kind of do it here, but candy stripers are a thing. And the only reason I can quantify that is because they have them in house as well. They talk about candy stripers mm. from time to time. But it's weird that they've got to dress up. You're right. that it's There's um, a great book actually called The Lolita Effect, mm-hmm. which is a, wide, a wider conversation about how young girls and then kind of, Old, like older women, women in their twenties, older women, um, are oh made to be sexualized to look like children, basically. Mm-hmm. And like the best example of it is Britney Spears when she was like twenty. What I don't even know if she was old as twenty one, but in front of was it Enemy or Playboy? You remember it as soon as you see it. She's in like what I can only describe as like kids' pants, like pale pink frilly kids pants with the purple telly tubby do you remember that no i don't remember it was that. a really famous like front cover of like playboy or something and it's just that way where it's like you're making that woman who is a woman who is old enough yeah to be a woman look like a child to be sexy and it's so well so fucked up i mean this is the whole thing like i was speaking to somebody about this recently actually about the whole trend for being completely shaven everywhere. Why is that sexy? Why would you want to look like a child? It is like a child. Like, do you know what I mean? It's very... I've worked hard for my pubes. I'm not getting rid of them. Thank you very much. (laughs) Do we have to pay extra for the pubes? (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I found the candy stripper, striper thing really weird. And I also found it really weird that the adults would just let Summer take random people in with her to the hospital. Yeah. Like, as if people would be okay with that. Yeah. And I did not see any antibacterial hand gel anywhere. Yes. So then we've got Dr. Burke, Jimmy and Julie. Yeah. The psych said that it would be fine for her to be in Newport and work mm-hmm. with her in Newport. But Julie... Julie's just planning to kidnap her own child. It's fine. Yeah. Not a problem. Julie is a liar. She is so manipulative. Mm. So the gang are breaking her out of there. <laughs> But Ryan was hiding. Ryan was hiding in uh-huh. the bathroom. And then I've written down, because I think this is a very important callback. Is it the sexy was, back? Yes. 
he was like, oh, she was like, no peeking. <laughs> it's like, no peeking, Ryan. She's getting the sexy back out. And we all know what you do when you see that back. Yep. Right. We are both English lit folk, right? Mm-hmm. Seth and Summer there's no chatting way. about Madame Bovary. There's no way that Seth's read Madame Bovary. Like, there's, there, there is no way. Like, it's more believable that Summer would have read it. Yeah. There's no way that Seth's read that book. Do you think? No way. There's no chance. It's actually one of my favourites. No chance. One of my favourite books. It also plays into this. I didn't like this bit because it plays into this idea of, like, Summer's supposed to be really stupid. Well, that's the thing. One minute she is thick as... Lentil mm-hmm. soup is how I've tried to avoid that swear. Um, and then other times she's reading bloody Madame Bovary. Mm-hmm. And what? it's played off as like, oh, well, it's the guy down the hall's favourite. I've read it five times. How long has he been in hospital if you've read him Madame Bovary five times? That is a long... I mean, it's no Anna Karenina, but that is a long-ass book. It was so strange. And then also, is it just me, right? Or when he puts his hands on her lips... To shut her up when he's like, oh, Julie's come. Like, she's like, she likes it. She's like, oh. And then she touches her lips again. Did you I didn't notice, notice that? that? It was very odd. Weird. 10 4, message received. Let's go. Okay. And then they open the door when they're busting Marissa out and they open that door and Luke's just standing there. And I'm like, creepy ghost Luke is back again, yeah. turning up randomly in places where he's not supposed to be. Well, remember I said it in the last episode that they keep abbreviating people's names mm. for literally no reason. I can't remember who it is, but I've written it down in quotation marks. Are you here to see Maris? <laughs> what? Her name's Marissa. Nobody has ever called her Maris. What is this? It would be weirder if they said like Issa are you here to see Issa? like if they're abbreviating things do you think it's because I hate people abbreviating my name that when people do it to other people oh not for me right Hev no I'm not alright don't call me Hev anyway F off Luke is he in the gang now? no well he kind of is because he helps doesn't he? I'd say turn up with Luke just get that's guilt that is pure guilt that is out of his very own sense of feeling bad that he is there for no other reason not for her not because he feels bad for what happens to her but because he feels bad for his part in what happened agreed anyway they go to (laughs) they go to a mexican place like seriously guys like you've not had enough bad juju surrounding mexico (laughs) that sandy and rachel are going to this mexican place rachel is drunk here yeah um, so awkward have you ever had those situations where you've met someone that you think your other half fancies or there's like weird vibes and then you meet them and you're literally just like oh so you're Rachel not to my knowledge but I am very very good at and this is not a good thing but I'm very very good at like blacking out things that I don't like so it's very possible that that's happened and then I have purposefully forgotten about it okay Cool, because that's never happened to me. Okay. <laughs> but I would be annoyed too. If that, if that was me and I had like been trying to phone the office and whatever and he wasn't there and then I turn up at a restaurant where the office have said that they are and he's with this like girl that looks like me. Yeah. And they're getting drunk together on tequila. I would be and like... And it's the girl that you've brought up before as well. Being we're like, going home now. Yeah. And she, but she doesn't. She's like, oh, that's fine. I'll see you later when you get... I would be like... Yeah car now but it's a simple fact as well that um rachel said you're so lucky to be married to someone who's so hilarious like i think me and my past agways would just be like yeah yeah that's, i am mm-hmm. that's yeah. what she does though is it oh yeah. sorry she's like 
Yeah, I am. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I sense her annoyance, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, same. I think I think Sandy's really playing with fire here, and I don't think he quite realizes it. But then, do you think he's not realizing it, or do you think he's enjoying it? I think he's not realizing it. I don't think he realizes that Rachel is basically obviously in love with him. Yeah, because you know what guys can be like, like this whole bantery thing, and they think, oh, it's just banter. When actually you're trying to flirt with them, or the other way around, where you are just trying to banter, and they're like, "Oh, you clearly she must me. like me." It's like, no, I'm just charming to everyone. It's not my fault. Anyway, Jimmy's home. So is the gang. No. How did they get in? I don't know. He goes home. He opens that door with a key, and they're all sitting in there. Should we write a letter to the continuity team and be like, "Here is a list of our questions," because that can just get added to the list. Okay. How did they get in? Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no end goals to any of their plans, are there? I know. Also, right, what I don't understand about this is Marissa's meant to be 16, okay? Because she's had her cotillion, yeah. which means she's 16, right? So are the custody rules in America different then? Because she, she, if she's 16, she gets to choose. Oh, I don't know. They don't have, like, he doesn't get to say or she doesn't get to say, oh, you live with mum or you live with dad. Like, she's 16, so she should have the right to decide. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but I do like that Jimmy is being super honest with Marissa. For once. Yeah, like, but it's quite, it is quite a nice moment. Like, I don't know. I'm a sucker for a f- father-daughter relationship. So mm. I am a daddy's girl. So I'm like, oh, that's cute. Cute. So then they're cute. eating pizza on the boardwalk, right? Because she does a runner, doesn't she? Yeah, because he phones Julie. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ryan's like, oh, I could skip town. And I could come with you. And it's like, no, like, guys, end point. Like, what are you going to do when you skip town? Where are you going to get your money from? See, running away, honestly, it's never appealed to me because I just think people don't think it through. It's stupid. Yeah, I've never, it's never been a thing that I've been here for. Kirsten's pissed off. She is, she's more than pissed off. She is mad. But Sandy makes a good point. About, like, I never said anything when you went to paint Jimmy Cooper's house. But then he's clearly annoyed about it, the fact he's brought it up. Yikes. Awkward. But the, she's annoyed about Rachel. But what's the difference? He's not wrong. What's the difference? No. And the thing about it is, he knows, and Kirsten knows, that Jimmy has got a thing for Kirsten, and she still went and painted his yeah. house. They don't know anything about Rachel. She only suspects that maybe Rachel fancies Sandy. Yeah. Like, because of the whole, oh, you're lucky to be married to somebody so hilarious, and the surfboard thing. Like, there is no difference in what they've done. I would argue, potentially, what Kirsten's done is maybe even worse. Because she knows full well yeah. that that person fancies her. And her and Sandy have talked about it. And Sandy had expressed his, yeah. his dissatisfaction with the situation. Agreed. Mm. But again, it's that like communication thing. Like she should really sit him down and be like, look, I wasn't okay with that. Like that made me feel really uncomfortable. I'm, I am jealous. Like what can you do to help me with this? And also, Jimmy has kissed her. Let's not forget that at this point as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like I, I know you said Jimmy, but I, th- I was hearing Sandy, and I was like, Sandy didn't kiss Rachel. What are you talking about? Jimmy, the other Jimmy one got has you, kissed got Kirsten you. at this point, and maybe that's where it's come from. Maybe she's paranoid because she's like, oh, I know how these things can can happen, can escalate. Yeah. And then Ryan calls. He's calling in the big guns. He's calling, and Sandy then becomes mediator in this weird situation. This is so weird yes. this situation does not make any sense ryan is not an adult 
Ryan is also not Marissa's boyfriend. Yeah. Ryan is some random... Like, if I was Julie, I would literally be like, who the beep are you? Get the beep out. Yeah. Like, if me and my daughter are going to have a sit-down conversation with Sandy as mediator, you do not need to be here. Yeah, why are you here? Like, exactly. who are you? But this whole thing is just too much. Like, this Cohen intervention, like, I would be fuming if I was Julie Cooper. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, don't interfere. Fuming. Don't interfere in my life. Why don't are you... in my business. Bunch of folk for next door always involved in my business. Yeah. What is going on? Also, the bit that was hilarious where, <laughs> where Ryan said that she was from Riverside and she was like, I'm calling the police. And it weirdly sounded like she was phoning the police because he said <laughs> she was from Riverside. <laughs> Did you also hear that song? The Riverside song. Oh, yes. Actually, Scott, who we mentioned in the last episode, um, Scott was like, no, you know the song. And then he sang it to me and I was like, oh, yeah, I do know that song. Are you telling me Scott's singing better than mine? Yeah. Or well. maybe it was Courtney, actually. It was Scott or Courtney, one of the two of them. Well, shall we just go with it that it's perfectly normal that a 16-year-old child would sit down with a full-blown woman in a, like her neighbour's house to a have a full-blown woman? That's what I'm going to start advertising myself a full-blown woman. Full woman Kerry's updating her tinder as we speak full-blown woman full-blown woman uh, so ryan's all like she ran away from you specifically i know you're trying to help but you're just making everything worse wah 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 and then marissa just turns up and then they kind of like can well julie kind of bows gracefully to accept that marissa's gonna stay with, with jimmy. jimmy but she then makes another weird threat you know we've talked about this before that she makes like it was when she yeah. was in going to cotillion and she's like oh i'm not going to cotillion and she's like i'm sorry and then julie's like you're not but, but you, you will, will be. be it's exactly the same here this isn't over marissa mm -hmm. it's so it, like why would you threaten your child like that i know it's so she's horrible she's so horrible anyway we'll go to seth and summer by the pool and the, the main thing that I got here from this, even though this was like a cute little moment between them, was that Summer is not good at talking to adults. Have you noticed this? Yeah, she gets really awkward. Like any time another adult is there, another adult, she's not an adult, but she is because she's like 25 or something, but <laughs> she's meant to be 16. But any time another adult is there, she's just like, mm. but then that makes her, I think, seem like a legitimate Teenager, teenager yeah, yeah. yeah but like i remember some of my pals like it was always the super super confident ones like in your pal group that as soon as a teacher or a parent was around they'd be like hello mrs campbell and you're like why are you being a weirdo like mm. ugh. anyway do you think she's gonna chat to him in school no because the cheerleaders remember the cheerleaders from the start of the episode mm, we'll see anyway celebratory apple juice woohoo um classic tactic from sandy here as well you're scared of her i get oh i get it you're afraid of her mm -hmm. about dr kim dr kim is quite scary though dr kim is quite scary i wouldn't miss that <laughs> um but no surprised he's passed yeah next day he's allowed to do the test he passes now, this is very lucky I, like unbelievably lucky like there is very few situations i i genuinely think even if he had come in and explained that the reason that he bust out on that exam was because marissa was going to be institutionalized by her mother da, 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 da. i really honestly think that the educational establishment would be like tough 
but that was none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, like, just in life, second chances are so hard to come by. And I feel like this TV show really, like, creates this false, false expectation. Yeah, absolutely. That it's like, oh, well, you know, you can't just run out of an exam because, do you know what? It's okay, you'll get a second chance. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. And maybe, I mean, potentially it might be the Kirsten Cohen effect, like the yeah. whole, she's the richest person, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a nice little ending about uh, them talking about Sandy's eyebrows. Yeah. Welcome and like, to the Harbour School. Yeah, it's a sign of power. They are a sign <laughs> of power. <laughs> yes, they are. Kenny. <laughs> and that was it. Quite a happy ending. Quite a nice ending. Very much comparatively to the the rescue. No, yeah. this is the rescue. The escape. Yeah, ending. it feels quite comfortable. I feel quite comfortable. Yeah. I'm excited for the next episode. Uh, yeah, it's like our next chapter's about to begin. Like, everyone's all tied up nice. Do, 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 do. Let's get back to school. And that's what's obviously going to be the main focus of next episode, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, Let's I don't know. Let's go back to school. It, so. so, Heather, time for my favourite feature. <laughs> don't sound so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your listener of the week? I love Listener of the Week. I think it's my favourite feature. I think it's very exclusionary and I don't agree with it. I don't. I think it's shining a light on our glorious followers and listeners who I love very dearly. But then what if you're like the last person? Like what if it's like getting picked last for PE? It's not. There's more episodes than there are... Listeners. Yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of episodes. We're going to be fine. Um, I would like our Listener of the Week this week to be Tim Whitcomb. Tim, 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 Tim. So Tim, Tim used to, um, I think he's from Aberdeen actually. He's pals with my friend Blair, um, but he has moved abroad. He was Ooh. living in London and I think he's living in America somewhere. I'm trying to have, oh, Vancouver, sorry. That's not That's in America. Not in America. Is he in Canada? I don't know. But he's always like running and stuff and he just looks like he's living his best bloody life. So I'm Good really Tim. appreciative that he's taken the time to follow us. Um Oh my god, maybe he's one of our Canada listeners. I mean, it seems quite likely. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Wow, okay, sure. Well, thanks Tim for the follow and engaging with us. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on being our listener of the week. Congratulations. Precisely. Okay. Um, What do we think is going to happen next? Well, we're going back to school. We've discussed that. I'd really like there to be like a homage to 10 Things I Hate About You. Like when they're walking through the quads and they're looking at all the different kind of groups because 10 Things I Hate About mm. You is quite possibly my favourite film ever. Um, so that would be nice. We've still not heard any more about this mystery from a couple of episodes ago about who Kirsten's sister is. That's True. not come back up before. Um, uh, yeah, that's not come back up yet. I would be very interested as well because remember Sandy and Kirsten made a big deal about the fact that social services will be checking in on them on Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like that hasn't happened yet. Is that mm-hmm. going to happen? Um, what's happening with Jimmy's court case? Mm-hmm. And I also remember I said before when Julie and Caleb at um, the, the party, lingering the kiss, lingering yeah. hand touching behind the head, kissing the cheek. I am so sure that's going to come back. Mm. That was a good noise. Who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll find out next week. I can't believe, I honestly cannot believe we are on episode nine next week. It's blown my mind. Why do you feel? I feel like the, I feel like we've been doing this forever. Do you? <laughs> okay. I feel like we've been doing this for a million years. Okay, well, it's still new and exciting it's only for me. Nine episodes. <laughs> that was joking. It's good though. It's wild that we've been doing this for two months. 
I know. Thanks for listening, guys. I know we say this a lot, but it really does mean a lot to us that you make the time to listen. And um, when people get back to us and give us some feedback. It and fills our little hearts with joy. It really does. It just makes me feel like I'm not just chatting to Kerry all the time. It makes me feel that other people are involved. Excuse you? <laughs> well. I'm going to go before Kerry shouts at me. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Jokes. Bye. Okay, bye.